From Hans Oval to Durian Bay Sports Ground, Boulder City to Cable Beach, Pilbara to Peel, covering footy in regional WA. This is the WA Country Footy Podcast. Hello and welcome to our first edition of the WA Country Footy League Podcast. It's a great opportunity to talk WA Country Footy. And we have got a star-studded lineup for our first show. We'll get to that in just a couple of moments. But thanks for downloading and tuning in because we have got lots of great things to cover off between now and the end of the local footy season for you. It's a show, well, we'll release it once a week, I reckon. And we'll talk to movers and shakers of the footy world. We'll talk to associations and leagues. We might even talk to umpires. Yes, they're a very important part of our environment that is footy here in regional areas. Plenty of volunteers to cover off and a whole stack of other details as well. So sit back and enjoy each week as the WA Country Footy Podcast comes your way. The best way to ensure that you get it is to subscribe to it when you see the subscribe channels and they're available on all the major platforms. So the Spotify's, the Apple's, the Google's and all all those other sorts of places that you can find a podcast. We'll also release it to Facebook pages as well each week. John Shadbolt is our first guest on the WA Country Footy Podcast. He is the president of the WA Country Footy League. We'll talk to him about the cancellation of recent carnivals, obviously COVID playing its role there. He's the first guest coming up in just a couple of secs. Also joining us on our first edition today, as well as Michelle Harris, who is the coach of the Bunbury Footy Club. They've had a very good start to the season. They're at the top there of the Women's League down in the southwest. Uh, guest number two for us today, Terence Winner from the Boulder City Football Club. He doesn't look a day over one. 125, but his club is on the 12th of July this week. The Boulder City Football Club celebrated 125 years. They are the oldest club in regional WA. Steve Wright will join us from Nutrient Ag Solutions as well. He'll give us a bit of a wrap of some of the great things happening with Nutrient Ag. And it's great to see Nutrient Ag continuing to support the WA Country Footy League. Now, we haven't had those carnivals as we mentioned, but at the same time, there's some great deals that are happening from Nutrient Ag Solutions to help support WA Country Footy and also WA Country Footy teams. Royce Taylor joins us from the Ongarup Football Association. We'll find out more about the league there down towards our southern bits of the state. We'll also catch up with Kane Benson and Brent Sheridan with their respective roles covering off footy in the north and also the south and their development roles as well. There's a lot of news coming out of, of those two gents as they join us on the show today. So, look, our first episode is busting at the seams. Like I say, the best way that you can jump on board with our particular podcast is to subscribe because it's coming out weekly between now the end of the season. We'll go through to what, September or October. We actually don't have an end date. We don't have a proper run sheet. It's all on a whim and we like to talk about country footy and put it up there on the pedestal that it deserves. There's a lot of participants in country footy right across our state, whether you're a player, a coach, an official, a volunteer. There are plenty of people who manage to jump on board with footy each week and we are here to support you and also to support all of those sponsors of the WA Country Footy League as well. Time for our first guest. Let's get the show underway. John Shadbolt joins us from the West Australian Country Footy League. It is a great opportunity to launch our West Australian Country Football League podcast with none other than a man who is at the charge of the WA Country Footy League. He's very distinguished when it comes to the administration of the West Australian Country Football League, none other than John Shadbolt, our first guest. Shaddy, good to have you as part of this podcast, my friend, and uh, thanks very much for allowing us the opportunity to connect with footy leagues right across the state. Thanks, Benny. Look, this is just a fantastic opportunity for for all of country football, and um, I can see this this being so successful and going viral 
um, all over the country, mate. <laughs> oh, fantastic, mate. Uh, thanks for the good rap. Um, let's talk about the state of the WA Country Footy League post-2020. We'll talk about carnivals in a second as well. But um, first of all, returning back to footy or getting to some normality was a big challenge for many places for 2021 and even towards the end of 2020. Do you think that we've done it well, Shaddy? I think if we had another go at it, Danny, we'd probably change a couple of things. But um, but the most important part about it is that everybody's got back playing footy. And um, and we so much missed that last year. And I think, you know, the repercussions of that, um, you know, through our communities um, is, is pretty well do- documented that um, the state of everybody's uh, mental health, and you know, is so much better when we're playing footy than we're playing our sport. And, um this year has been a difficult year, but we're just so pleased to be back. It's good to be back as well, mate. Um, having a look at, of course, some big decisions that also revolve around this COVID environment that we're still in. It must have been a pretty tough, tough decision to make to cancel the carnivals uh, just last week. Well, it, it, it has, it has been, and um, you know we sort of still agonise over it. But um, we had to make a decision because of all of the. Um, all of the organisation that has to be done for every team and every player to come to Carnival. Uh, you know, and it's enormous cost to our leagues and um, and time as well. So we had to we had to make a call. Um, you know, the, in the fullness of time, you know, it may have been the right or the wrong call, but we had to make it just to just to make everything clear for everybody so that was we, we sort of cleared the air and we were going forward. But we are looking at um, at something uh, for the future in our uh, carnival later on in the year, and we're still going through a number of things where we can hope we can we can bring something to the to the table that's going to be successful. We're looking forward to that and hearing a little bit more from the WA Country Footy League on that as well. Clubs and leagues and heading into 2022, I think we're all you know being back in footy, very excited. Feels like there's a lot of energy at Country Footy right across the state, Shaddy. <laughs> I mean, the year off or the the change in environment for one year, it's amazing what it's done to many clubs and many leagues across the state. Oh, it has, it has, and um, it's just, you know, getting it restarted, I was so pleased that, you know, the majority, we lost a couple of clubs through it, but the majority actually got started again, and, you know, there's a buzz around the communities, there's, you know, there's, there's cars at the Oval, um, you know, and all the celebrations after the game, you know, the winnings, the losing, just getting back, it's getting back to, to normal, but I don't, well, I don't think it'd be right back to normal until we, you know, this... Uh, the COVID cloud that's overhanging us is uh, dispersed. Speaking of cloud, you might have one uh, in a couple of weeks' time when the Muck and Wooden Footy Reunion gets together. Uh, you might have a couple of clouds the next day. Uh, looking forward to a big celebration. What is it, 40 years since the uh, the big salute? Oh, it was 40 years since, um, you know, the uh, uh, the great Mucker Rams uh, dished up the Beacon Bombers back at the quarter oval. Um, I've got a lot of sweet memories of that and so of. Um, and, and so I have a lot of my teammates. It was the last grand final win I played in, and um, yeah, a lot of a lot of memories. I keep reminding the Beacon, the, the Beacon players, the former Beacon players, that um, you know how good we were on that day. Jaddy, it's great to have you on board, our first podcast, our first guest, and also thanks for your support in getting this up and about, mate. We're looking forward to having a chat to many people right across the West Australian Country Footy League spectrum uh, for the remainder of the season through until about September, October. But thanks again for your support in getting this up and about, and it's great to be able to to help out the WA Country Footy League as well to spread some great messages around our community. John Chadbolt, thanks very much for joining us. Oh, good on you. Thanks a lot, Lenny, and um, all power to you. I think this is a great initiative. All the best.
A time for a look at what's going on in the north part of the state. And joining us on our podcast today for the first time throughout the season, we look forward to catching up with the manager of country football development in the north, and that is Kane Benson, who joins us. Kane, thanks very much for being part of our first podcast, mate. Thanks for having us, Bernie. Looking forward to it. Uh, there's lots of news that's going on around the place, but I'm going to probably backtrack a little bit. Cyclone Sarosia came across our coast earlier this season, but footy's played a very important role, Kane, in reinvigorating Northampton and some of those other communities. Just tell us a little bit about how sport, any particular football, is playing a big role in these communities moving forward. Oh, look, mate, the, the incident, obviously, that, that crossed the coast with Sarosia affected a lot of clubs. I was lucky to be at Northampton driving through Northampton a week or so after it hit and um, attend the first game of the season up there that, that Northampton ran. And the Shires Northampton were very good in terms of getting things such as generators to get lights up and running. The crowd at the game was amazing. Um, I had people commenting they'd never had so many people at a home game at Northampton because it's it's just what the community needed to get together. It was, to be honest, it was, it was the biggest event I've attended in country footy outside any grand finals. Um so from my perspective, the club's done a fantastic job. We we know that Cal Barry got uh, absolutely demolished. And, and from an, uh, an Auskick perspective, as an example there, we've been able to get the AFL on board to fund all of the registration fees for the Auskick Centre of Cal Barry this year, which I think was another fantastic um, outcome for us. They, they lost all of their equipment. Obviously, it got flooded so badly that they had no equipment left and the Football Commission was able to come through with providing equipment for the Auskick Centre to get back up and running that supported the AFL not charging the kids to play. So you've got a lot of really good news stories through there. Um, the fact that the North Midlands Football League had a number of towns affected and got their season up and running as well. Um, it's just testament to the volunteers that, that are out there that put in the hard yards. Um, but we also know how important football is to our community. So um, to see people come up to me nearly welling up with tears at Northampton to say, I can't believe we got the game up. Um, it, it was just fantastic environment to be around, to be honest, mate. It's fantastic to hear all of that good news that's been going on and the support into the communities as well because I suppose it, it might be a little bit of loose change for some people, but for others it can help make a difference, especially when they've got to rebuild their homes and they don't have to worry about those sorts of costs that are involved in getting their kids back up to participate in sport because we know how good it is for us mentally as well. Well, I think, you know, you, you take the dollar signs out of it. It's just the fact that people are making the effort to help. And we got a lot of thanks from people just to say thanks for, for looking after us. And, you know, you, you can imagine the looks on the kids' faces when they had brand-new footballs to kick at Auskick. Um, the little things like that are what counts. So it's been great that everyone's jumped on board and there's no one group of people. It's everybody's put their hand up to say, what can we do to help? In the north of our state, which is part of your jurisdiction, mate, under your role as the manager for country football development, uh, it's great to see women's footy flourishing at the moment. It's it's really good to see when uh, you know people like the or the, the the league like North Pilbara have managed to take on most clubs a, a women's team this year. Um, I know that Cable Beach are doing very strong up there in the Kimberley. It's it's great to see the expansion of women's football in the north part of the state. Uh, it's just absolutely going berserk, to be honest, Lenny. Um, we're lucky this weekend. We, we've got the uh, East Kimberley Football League Women's North Grand Final is this weekend. Obviously, season's starting to finish a bit earlier up there because of the weather. Mm. But, yeah, we have the Grand Final uh, of the women there. The Central Kimberley um, Men's and Women's are going great guns again. They had a weekend off last weekend just to play um, some, some games at the Mulgem 
Indigenous Festival. Obviously, uh, we couldn't have that festival last year or the community couldn't run that festival last year. So the women and men are back up and running again there. And, and all the way down, as you mentioned, through North Pilbara, this is the first year that um, the teams in the North Pilbara are taking on the women's team as part of their club. And then you've also got the GNFL uh, there in Geraldton, who all all of the clubs have a women's team along with their Colts reserves and seniors. I was lucky to be at their grand final last year. And, um, you know, at this point in time, um, it's probably a little bit of an aside, Glennie, but we've been able to pick our first ever women's state country team um, to play next Friday night. And, and it's because there are so many women's leagues getting up and running now. So it's fantastic. It is good news. And a youth girls pilot program as well under your watch happening uh, in the north as well, which is good. And Gascoigne Jr. is back up and running. But it, it's really great to see that we're targeting the young girls now to get into the sport because, you know, as we've seen, the women's competitions come on. It's the old, it's perhaps the teenage years through, but the formative years is all where it starts and that's creating our next stars. Yeah, look, we, we traditionally made off young girls at Auskick and junior level the opportunity to play in the mixed competitions, but we also know that a lot of girls want to play just with the girls. So um, we've got to think outside the square. We, we're really big on the fact we don't want to take away from other sports. And um, you know, we've got a pilot program that's about to start in Karatha for youth age girls, but we've had to work around when netball's on and you know, when other sports are on. And we want them to be able to play all the different um, sports and have as many opportunities to be out and be active as possible. So... Um, you know, to be able to get in, in school term three at Bainton West Oval on a Wednesday night, a youth girls opportunity, we'd like to be able to build that into a, a competition as soon as possible that then helps um, prop up the women's comp um, so that 14, 13, 14-year-old girls don't have to play senior football. They'll have their own competition, hopefully. Kane, it's good to talk to you. I know we've we've originally said you'll only get two minutes, mate. You've gone for six. Um, we are constrained a little bit on time, but Kane, thank you very much for joining us. Manager of Country Football Development North, appreciate you jumping on the WA Country Footy League podcast. Thanks very much, mate. Look forward to the next one. Country Footy cannot survive without sponsors and we'll be featuring sponsors of the league as part of our podcasts throughout this particular series towards the end of the year. And our first guest is Steve Wright from Nutrient Ag Solutions. Steve, it's great to have you on the podcast to help support the WA Country Footy League. This is something that has been around for about 47 years, the partnership with Nutrient Ag Solutions in one way, shape or form. But let's go back to 2019, in late 2019, and that's when Nutrient Ag Solutions came about after the acquisition of Rural Co. here in Australia, mate. It's been great to continue on to support the WA Country Footy League in that time, Steve. It's a credit to you and all those who are around you. Yeah, that's correct, and it's um, it's, it's steeped in history. And I think it's um, it's uh, a partnership which I think's been unsurpassed for that amount of years. It was discussed in '74, it went into play in '75, um, and then here we are today. Um, it's a partnership that we had no intentions of breaking, and um, as our name changes, you know, nothing else does. And uh, our commitment to rural and regional um, WA, uh, in this case, is, is unwavering. And, um, yeah, we, we stood up and, and um, took it on. And, and uh, here we are today entering, you know, into a um, milestone after milestone. So we're proud to be able to support uh, country footy. And um, we've actually increased our 
our um, delivery of sponsored funds in you know different ways and means to um, to support each of the leagues. It's great to see, mate, because you are a major fund and a major sponsor of the WA Country Footy League, of course. Unfortunately, we couldn't have the, the big carnival last weekend in Perth, but the commitment that you've got and the, the support that you give the West Australian Country Footy League is very, very unique, and it's great to see just last year that continuing on, even in hard times, Steve. It's a credit to the organisation. Yeah, so last year was, um, you know, it took us all by surprise with COVID-19 and um you know, we made the decision that being no football, we would continue on and stump up with our uh, sponsorship. Um, and then as we see this year, unfortunately, the same happened. But uh, we need to do what we need to do, unfortunately. But once again, um, you know, we will level our sponsorship. Um, there'll be no doubt about that. But even in addition, I think we'll touch on shortly around other other ways we went around creating uh, wealth for the country football uh, leagues. And that was um, in, say, 2020, where our sponsorship money, but we also uh, delivered no less than 500 Burley premium footies to all of, you know, as a total lift to the club. Um, that, if you value them at 100 bucks, you can do your maths on that. Mm. So about 50 grand's worth of footies. And then we also came up with um, uh, a dollar a ton for new fertiliser, which is ran last year and will finish at the end of September this year. Yeah, definitely. What a great promo that is. It helps get people into, uh, obviously, Nutrient Ag Solutions, but also back into the clubs as well. And, and that sort of commitment, you're helping support locals, support locals, if that makes any sense. It's, a, it's, a, it's, it's wonderful. It's a great arrangement. I've, I think it's very, very valuable in our rural areas. Yeah, it's a win-win uh, when you have a look at it. There are no losers in this. And, um, you know, um, we're, we're ideally positioned to make sure that we can create um, you know, not only wealth for the WA Country Footy League, but, you know, we can add some value to our customers as well here and, um, yeah, give them some buy-in. So, yeah, critically important that we continue to uh, strive on and, and support WA Country Football. Um, and I also should say, when we haven't captured any of this, but um, we have a whole network of, um, you know, branches, corporate stores, our, our agencies out there and, you know, we don't go out and, and capture the spend, but we are standing behind in uh, agronomic support, um, in actual dollar inputs of fertiliser and ag chem into a lot of these community crops as well, some of which take on the footy club. But, you know, there's, that's um, additional support and, and funding that the company um, gives to uh, regional, rural, uh, WA and other, other ways. Absolutely, mate. And you're very passionate about it. And long live that particular support for West Australian Country Footy League. Steve, thanks very much for joining us today. A wonderful partnership. And just a reminder that that promotion that's underway at the moment with the fertiliser continues until the 30th of September. Steve, thanks very much. And long live footy and the support of Nutrient Ag Solutions into our regional areas. Thank you for your time. Welcome to the WA Country Footy League podcast and a great chance to talk to one of our women's team and in particular one of our women coaches as well. From the Bunbury Football Club, we welcome along Michelle Harris today who is the coach of the Bunbury women's team who are sitting very pretty up there at the top end of the ladder on the Southwest Footy League there for the women's comp. Hello Michelle, thanks for joining us while you're on holidays. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, Glenn. Uh, so far up there, sitting pretty. Uh, nine games so far, eight and one. It's been a pretty dominant season from you so far. Congratulations on the way it's panned out so far. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, the um, yeah the girls have, have been doing well and responding to um, a, a few new things that we're doing. So, yeah, it's, it's been really good. Without sort of giving away too much, what are some of those new things that have been happening for the Bunbury Footy Club? Um. 
Oh, look, just I'm trying to bring a bit of um, professionalism to um, the team and I guess a bit more seriousness in how they take their football rather than um, just girls enjoying a bit of a game. Um, I wanted them to sort of think of themselves as more as female footballers. Um, yeah, and a bit more structure around the field, of course. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, they've responded really well to uh, most of the things that, that we've um, we've brought in. So, yeah, very responsive and very positive. So it's been great. Well, you've got some great players amongst your team. We're going to talk about uh, a Ford who's a power-leading goal kicker at the moment, Agnes Monice, who's doing a fantastic job up Ford for you, having a great season. Yeah, she is. Yep, she will be back from injury um, very soon. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing her get back to um, a bit of her earlier form. She was uh, definitely uh, very effective um, in front of goals, one of our key forwards. Uh, Georgia Braun, who's doing a good job for you, has been rucking, but you've swung her around into a bit of a back roll last game. Yeah, definitely. We tried to, yeah, just trying to be a bit more flexible, I think, with our, our um, spinal players, I guess. And, yeah, just a little bit more flexibility um, the roles that they can actually play and be confident in playing. And Ruby Mahoney, just one other player to mention as well who's been doing very well for you. Yeah, she is a, a magnificent ball getter, that girl. Wherever the ball is, she's there. She clocks up a lot of kilometres in a game. Um, but, yeah, she works very hard. Michelle, appreciate your time. I know you're on holidays with us at the moment and I, I'm going to put you in for a guest again next week. So just, just bear in mind that we're going to bring you back next week to talk a bit more about your state commitments. But um, we've got a, a big game coming up against Bustleton this week. It's uh, it's a big clash because Bustleton are sitting at third on the ladder, yourselves at, 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 at the top end of the ladder too. But a, a great chance to gain some players back too for you, Michelle. Yeah, yeah, it will be. Um, Bustleton's definitely a um, quality team. They're um, a lot of quality teams in the competition and a lot of big improvers, which is really exciting for um, for the whole competition, I think. There's been some upset games and, um, yeah, there's been a lot of scores that, um, you know, there's been not much um, in between the winning team and the team that comes second. So that is really good for football, I, I feel. Um, but, yeah, uh, definitely looking forward to Bustleton. We played them in our last game and yeah twice in a row but that's okay we're definitely up for the challenge Michelle appreciate your time with us today I'll let you continue on uh, around your your trip in regional WA too which is fantastic to see but uh, we will catch up with you again next week to talk about the women's state team and and some of those players who you will be coaching again next week thank you Michelle for joining us on our first week this week for the WA Country Footy League podcast no worries thanks for calling Glenn on our West Australian Country Footy League podcast for this week is Terence Winner. Terence is the president with the Boulder City Football Club, who are 125 years old. It became official this week on the 12th of July. Terence, geez, you're looking good for your age. Thanks for joining us on the podcast, mate. Uh, a bit of Benjamin Button scenario going on, mate. <laughs> uh, you had a shindig recently to celebrate 125 years, the oldest club in regional Western Australia, the 12th of July, 1896. Now, I think you might have missed the meeting by just a handful of years, but, um, geez, it's pretty outstanding, mate, to be at the top of what is the oldest regional club in Western Australia. Well done. Oh, it's absolutely amazing, mate. And to be a part of that um, and part of that amazing history moving forward, it's just that's absolutely fantastic. And for the club, this year's been a massive year for us. Um, being able to look back and celebrate that with all the legends of the past and 
previous coaches, committee members, players, the work has been absolutely amazing. Well, Blue Richards, Sonny Mafina get a lot of foot traffic because they are part of the Goldfield Sporting Hall of Fame. And if you're ever in Kalgoorlie, you can take a walk past and, and see those two legends. They were former Sandover medalists. Uh, Brett Mayo, whose young fella Jack was in the St Kilda lineup as of a couple of years ago and has featured prominently with Subiaco. Scott Worthington's another name of modern day. Um, Ethan Hughes's brother Logan is the reigning Mitchell medalist in the Goldfields Football League. Um, there's been a fair few names that have gone through the books here, Terence, but one name in particular helped bring the Tigers back, and that was Stephen Michael. Do you remember his story from 1986? A little bit of, has been told over the barn and, and talking to a lot of the life members and that. They do, do mention a lot of the, the work that Stephen's done and, and how integral he was to, to seeing the club continue on and, and, and get us where we are today. Yeah, unbelievable. They tell me when he signed up to play, I think it was Maxi Viscovich who signed up Steve and Michael and said, come up here, play in the gold fields and we'll see how we go. Well, the, the first game, I think the Tigers went maybe 84 and 85, very, very lean. Ended up making the finals in 1986 and winning it from going through from the first semi. But that first game drew a big crowd out there to dig a doors oval and uh, great celebrations. But it also continued on. No doubt you would have heard the stories at the big dinner a couple of years ago of, of the, the heydays of the late 80s and into the 90s. Definitely have, mate. And <laughs> Wouldn't it be great to have those these days? It's, it's just amazing. Um, just the history of where the club's gone through. And as a community, as a whole, geez, we've done all right with some football players. We really, really have. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, just looking at some of the recent celebrations, it was a big weekend over the long weekend in June, wasn't it? There were lots of people that travelled far and wide and a good knees up in the in the Kalgoorlie Town Hall. Now, there must have been some, surely, some some cranky old boulder people who have been around for many years who were upset that they had to trumps over to the Kalgoorlie Town Hall when there's a perfectly fine town hall in Boulder. Um, but it was a good night, mate, and the celebrations went long into the night. Oh, look, it was a fantastic night. I, I honestly thought I was going to be out as president that night once um, <laughs> once it got around that we were going to Kalgoorlie Town Hall, not Boulder. But unfortunately, the renovations, that wasn't possible this, this time around. But look, the night was absolutely fantastic. It was sold out. Um, we had people trying to, to get tickets from other blokes who already bought them. And oh, it's just absolutely fantastic. And to hear some of the speeches and a lot of the recognitions that went on throughout the night was, was great. Mate, uh, also you had a special jumper that you wore for the club over that weekend as well. We did, yeah. We paid homage to our, one of our one of our very first um, jumpers that the Tiger appeared on, and, and we, we used that design as inspiration for the jumper that we put through. Um, and it was just fantastic that the boys were able to get out there and and then auction it off in the night to um, everyone that was there to, to have a chance to learn a piece of that history. Mate, mate you've, your first season with women this year as well under the Boulder City Football Club. Uh, it, it's been a pretty lean old time for the Tigers, but you managed to knock off the ladder leaders' Kangas a couple of weeks ago. The girls under Danny Hayes must have been very, very happy with that result, mate, because previously Kangas have been undefeated. Oh, I'll tell you what, mate, it wasn't just the, just the girls under Danny. The entire club was, was celebrated very hard that night, I can guarantee you that. It was a massive achievement for them. They, they managed to go back-to-back as well, um, rolling mines the week before. So to, to come together after only you know training together for such a small amount of time and, and being quite a new team and then rolling a, an undefeated uh, team like the Kangas and uh, an absolutely quality team like the Kangas was just amazing for the girls and really shows how far they've come in such a short amount of time. There's only a short time left for the Goldfields Footy League before you hit your finals towards the end of August, mate. Uh, Aaron Sweet's got them firing, although that last game against Mines just uh, dwindled off a little bit too, didn't it? Definitely did. We um, unfortunately had a, a few boys away with work commitments as well, which always makes it a little bit tough, but... 
it's as we move towards finals, we're, we're assured where a lot of those boys are on more friendly rosters, which will make it a bit easier um, going from there. But we are, we're, we're timing it well. Sweetie's got them going at the right time of the year. You don't win a flag yet. You've got to make sure the boys are going at the right time. Only, it only really matters towards the end of the season, does it? Make the finals and then you're home. 100%, mate. Just ask the team of 1986. Hey, uh, Terence Winner, thank you very much for joining us and happy birthday to the Boulder City Football Club, the oldest club in regional Western Australia, the oldest football club, I should say. Clarify that one up. Uh, there could be some other chess clubs and, and like not that have been around for a very long time. <laughs> but, uh, mate, appreciate you. And uh, and jumping on board, it was the 12th of July in 1896 that uh, four teams got together and formed the Goldfields Football League. One of those is the oldest and still going around in the Boulder City Football Club, Terence. Thanks very much for joining us on our podcast. Always a pleasure, mate. As we continue with our first episode for the WA Country Footy League podcast, we get to chat about what's happening in the south of the state. And today joining us is Brent Sheridan, who's the manager for country football development for the south bits of Western Australia. Brent, good to have you on our first show, my friend. Uh, very excited, Gladdy. Thanks for having me. Ah, it's good to have you on, mate, because we've got a lot to talk about. Let's go to Albany first of all. There's a bit of a, a youth competition that's down there. We're, we're going to talk a bit about a focus on getting girls and females into the sport on our podcasts because uh, that is a growing part of West Australian country footy, but it's also happening down there and very strongly in Albany. Yeah, absolutely, mate. The Great Southern Footy League have had a quite a strong women's competition for a number of years now, and that got expanded to six teams and We've seen that uh, that growth in female football now extend into the underage age groups. Um, the Southern Districts Junior Footy Association, um, we've helped to support them to establish a, a youth girls competition down there. And at the moment, they have about 30 girls that um, you know, take to the field weekly in, in a fixture of training and games. So obviously, that, that'll lead hopefully to, to much... Um, yeah, much greater pathways down through potentially down to a youth uh, junior competition, I should say, in a couple of years' time. We heard earlier from Kane about the status of uh, women's footy towards the north of the state and some of the leagues running for the first time a women's only comp or a, a women's only structure. Uh, how's it going in the south of the state, Brent? Oh, very positive, mate. Um, as we would have uh, very remiss of us not to, to obviously have the Nutrient Ag Country Championships this year, but we would have seen six women's teams. Uh, for the first time, compete at that champs, up from five in, in 2019. So that's a pretty good uh, barometer in terms of how the female football space is growing. Uh, in terms of you know specific competitions in the southern part of the state, out at your neck of the woods in the goldfields, um, obviously the, the GFL have a women's competition there now. Likewise, Esperance with uh, four teams in Esperance, which is great to see. And we have competitions, as I alluded to, in the Great Southern and, and the Southwest um, Football League and the Southwest Junior Football League have um, you know junior, youth, and, and senior competitions right through all the grades. So um, you couple that with the the pathways that exist within the Peel um, the Peel region as well. It's quite a, a healthy and and definitely a, a very vibrant and growing um, space within the football industry. Good to see, you, mate. And we had some of our representatives from the country into the city this week for the Country Development uh, Carnival. I suppose it's the under-15s. Really good to see the mix of players coming from our regions heading on down. I know uh, I know it's out of your neck of the woods, but the East Romano Development team out of uh, Geraldton, they were taking on Claremont, I think it was, during the, I saw one of the photos getting around from the Great Northern Footy League, which looked pretty impressive. But also, you know, likewise, we had a good mix of those representing Subi from the Goldfields Esperance region uh, and beyond as well which is great to see. Great for these youngsters to be playing perhaps in front of some scouts, you never know. Absolutely, the Carnival's been going for a number of years now in terms of getting the best 
14 and 15 year olds an opportunity to come together and, and obviously head to Perth and showcase their wares in front of their waffle clubs. Obviously, it's very hard for the waffle clubs to get out and about on a regular basis and, and see all the talent that takes to the field each weekend. So to be able to, to send five teams, uh, five country teams, that is, in the gold fields, Midwest, Midlands, the Wheat Belt, and also the Great Southern to Perth, um, across the, the second week of the school holidays. And thankfully, unlike a, a lot of the other carnival content, they're able to, to get up there and get away um, with the COVID restrictions. Um, but like I said, it's a great opportunity to showcase their talents. And we've been um, you know, pushing the carnival for a number of years now in terms of getting greater uh, alignment and engagement with the Waffle Clubs because we view it as such a great talent ID opportunity for them. Um, and that's continuing to grow. And for the first time this year, the carnival was aligned with the Waffle 15s Championships, which have moved to, to the July school holidays from October. So it's great that the players can get to Perth and their families and, I suppose, visualise the pathway that lies ahead of them. Definitely, mate. And some of the juniors as well, no doubt still on a high from the uh, the carnivals that have been out there, although it was probably more your, your senior cults. But uh, Great Southern Carnival out there in the Cool and Condinan region uh, always uh, seems a little bit colder out in that neck of the woods at uh, about that mid-June sort of time. But great to see Peel going through undefeated through that particular carnival. Yeah, it was a great carnival, um, obviously not held in 2020, the Great Southern Colts Carnival, but to be back on deck this year um, with seven teams, unfortunately the Lower South West had to pull out as they focused on recapturing their club footy you know, with no competition for them in 2020. Um, the the Coolant community and the Great Southern Colts Carnival team that come together to organise the, the carnival every year need to be commended. Um, no, seven teams of, of 25 plus players and, and obviously the support staff on top of that get put up into the cooling community for the weekend and, um, and get hosted um, incredibly well. So hats off to the community and obviously with the start to the season we've had everybody you know, from a, an agricultural perspective, um, a lot of smiles on a lot of people's faces. Definitely made it an enjoyable weekend and as you alluded to, Peel, we're a bit too strong this year but the comments coming out of the carnival across the board is it was one of the most even carnivals that we've had for a long period of time, um, which was great to see. And um, I think the the talk around the committee is that next year will be the 100th year celebration of the championship. Oh. Sorry, the, the Great Southern Colts Carnival, um, which will be held in Lake Grace in 2022. And that's incredibly exciting. I don't think we'll see too many other, um, other carnivals or competitions, particularly from a community sport perspective, that... Um, are trekking into triple figures. So it's a great achievement from um, from that committee to keep that carnival going. Indeed, Brent. Good to catch up with you as part of our first podcast today. Uh, likewise with Kane, we said, oh, two minutes will be enough. You've talked for six as well. What is it about you two? Uh, but, hey, thanks very much for joining us, and it's always great to catch up with you, mate, to find out what is happening around the regions, and you cover it very well, um, whether or not it's uh, heading on down to Bruce Rock like you've just done or heading on up to, to the other far-flung destinations for your roles. You do it extremely well and always good to hear from you, mate, and to find out what's going on in the southern bits of the state. Brent Sheridan, thanks for joining us on the West Australian Country Footy League podcast. Pleasure, Glennie. I look forward to chatting to you in the future. The WA Country Footy League podcast, our final guest for our first episode. We're heading to the Ongrup Football Association and Royce Taylor is with us. And Royce, can I say the document that your organisation puts out for all of its clubs and all of its members is uh, pretty darn good, mate. You've got some great people around the Ongrup Football Association, so please pass on our kudos. 
Yeah, we'll do. Gary Bartholomew is our general manager. He does a fantastic job. And, yeah, as president, I'd be lost without him. He um, <laughs> keeps us organised and, yeah, keeps us on the straight and narrow, which is fantastic. He does a, does a great job. Now, you've got uh, several teams in the Ongarup Football Association, Boxwood Hill, Noangarup, Jeramungup, Lake Grace, Pingrup, and also Newdigate. Uh, great opportunity that you've got to support those existing teams, and we'll talk about how some of them are going in the season so far in just a few minutes. But one team that unfortunately uh, is no longer has been disbanded, and that is Borden. There's still the great support, though, from the Ongarup Football Association and the teams, and even the greater community of football uh, from Albany, Esperance and the like for the Borden X Cup that happens each year, and it's great that that tradition's able to continue. Yeah, it's a fantastic day, Glenn. Um, Borden came up with this idea a few years ago now, and and um, yeah, when when sort of yeah the the X Cup and the AFL one that was happening, they thought they'd jump on board and do something to keep their little community going and and keep the day there that that had kept the communities together and um, yeah, it gave them something to do as well because they got fantastic facilities there in Borden. And, yeah, all the clubs come together. That's a good pre-season um, hit-out and fantastic day with, with the football and netball as well. Fantastic, mate. And also the Coolin Carnival, which uh, part of your association is part of on a sort of a roundabout basis, mate. But the Coolin Carnival this year had a great representation of juniors from your region. Yeah, so the great Southern Colts Carnival is, yeah, it's always a, it's always a good carnival as well. We, we yeah, get a lot of teams in from the surrounding, surrounding associations. And we yeah we had probably a little bit better side this year. With, they were all locals, um, which which was really good. Um, pleasing to see. Normally we have to rely on some of the other clubs. We, we're still a touch short, but um, yeah, we just our small association. We go okay, and all the boys had a had a really good hit out, and they had a good weekend. And um, no, it was a fantastic carnival this year at Corn. Next year it's in Lake Grace, and we're still actually celebrating the hundred years of. Mm. Um, since the Great Southern Carnival started. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? A hundred years of a country footy carnival. They would have come in camels, surely, or horses, riding horses out to that first particular event out there. And, um, mate, just a great contribution to many people who have helped get that uh, that carnival happening and to the council who have done a, a great job in that as well. And next year, it's also, while we speak of next year, 60 years for the Ongarup Football Association. You get to host the carnival in your own organisation as well. Yeah, yeah. So that's yeah, that's another another added bonus. And yeah, so sixty years we're looking at um, a bit of a celebration as well. So we're currently in the planning phase, um, looking at recognising the first oval where football was played in the OFA, and um, then having a bit of a get together and a yeah, a, a, a bit of a do one one night after one of the games of football. I'm not sure exactly how far we've got with the planning phase yet, but yeah, it's in. It's, it's all happening. And when it comes to reenactment, uh, it's going to be some younger players who take that on, not some of the originals or some, some of those people who were around 60 years ago. It, it just clarify that for us. <laughs> yeah, that, that was a bit of an idea that we've had, so I'm not sure whether that's happening. <laughs> um, yeah, but maybe we'll get some old jumpers made up or something. Yeah, I'm not sure. So we, we, we're still talking about it. And, um, yeah, I... Hopefully we'll, we'll make it a really good day. Yeah, great to see, mate. And reenactment games always bring on a good crowd from a lot of people from far and wide. Uh, very quickly, let's go through your ladders at the moment. Jeremungup going OK in the juniors. They were runners-up last year. Um, and no anger up the team to beat in the seniors, or well, the reserves, and also into the league as well. Are they, They're unbeaten in the reserves, aren't they? they in the reserves and the and league. And the league, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they've, they've got a they've got, um, pretty, pretty good side this year. So, um, yeah, things... 
things um, seem, to, seem to have lined up for them and um, they've got a lot of local blokes home. So they're all locals and they've got some bloody good footballers. So, yeah, that's, um, yeah good luck to them. And, yeah, they're, they're proving very hard to beat. Ross, what's one of the challenges been for the Younger Up Football Association in recent times? Uh, probably <clears throat> our farming communities are getting smaller. Farms getting bigger, so we're losing people out of our communities. Um, yeah, so that, that's been a real struggle for us. We used to have eight sides, so we've lost Borden, Ongar Up and Niving in the last oh, 10 or so years. Um, so, yeah, it's, it, it's tricky. So those, those people from those clubs have gone to and integrated with, with other clubs next door in towns next, next to them. So, um, yeah, but our sort of the way we run our with netball, hockey and football all on the same day works really well. So it's a family day out. And, um, yeah, it's probably having those three sports still working all together on the same day um, that allows us still to have an A and a B grade in the football. Um, Old guys, yeah, they they pull on their boots and and keep on playing because it is a great family day out. I did notice that with your great big document that was sent through from Gary, which was outstanding as well, the the way that you collaborate with a lot of sports. I think that model could be used in other areas of our state to help keep numbers because we are struggling right across the board in in other areas too. So having the the sort of initiative that you've taken there, I think, is is, is very powerful. And if any of the other leagues want to take a little bit of a look at what um, the Onger Up Football Association have done in, in collaborating with netball and and hockey, I suppose it's not uncommon throughout our wheat belt, but uh, but it does make clubs stronger, and that's all we can ask for, isn't it, mate? Yeah, definitely. And I know Eastern Districts are, are looking at the same sort of um, formula that we've got as well, and I think Central Wheat Belt work on the the same same formula that we do as well. They have their netball, hockey, and football as well all on the same day, and the sad days work well as well. Mate, uh, just very quickly, Tim House uh, recently was a West Coast Poly player. He's just come home from, he's been over east and yeah, he's come back from Geelong. So he was, he was um, on Geelong's list and yeah, he's, he's come back and he's a, he's a pretty good in for no anger up. Yeah, I think he booted eight a couple of weeks ago that I saw anyway. But... Uh, yeah. he's, he's on, he's kicked, oh, I don't know, 71 goals and yeah, he's, he's on... on Probably yeah, he's aiming to get a hundred. I think <laughs> he's getting body close. Yeah, he'll he'll go very close. Good it's to see. A short season, so just only sort of what do we play? Twelve twelve games for our home and around season. Yeah, and to to have seventy one already and only four games to go. So yeah, he's he's done well. Look, I won't do the sums, but um, uh, mate, I appreciate you jumping on board with our first WA Country Footy League podcast, mate. It's a great opportunity to hear from the Onger Up Football Associations, and as we mentioned, one of our <clears throat> excuse me smaller associations around the state. As I lose my voice towards the first episode, end of the first episode, but hey, thanks very much for joining us, Royce, and, and again, thanks to Gary for sending all those details through to us. We do appreciate all of the uh, associations and leagues sending all their details through because it helps make our podcast a lot stronger. Hey, uh, Royce, thanks very much, mate. Have a great weekend and. Enjoy Enjoy uh, continuing to provide some great entertainment to the people of Ongrup and Surrounds. Uh, pleasure, Glenn. Don't mind doing this stuff at all. Well, what do you reckon? That's our first podcast done for 2021. We'll be featuring a podcast each week into the end of the season. If you've got any news that's happening in your particular neck of the woods when it comes to your footy club, your footy league, your team, uh, anything that's happening with footy, you want to recognise someone, maybe you've got a canteen special of hamburgers going for five bucks this week, why don't you let us know? News at industrylinkmedia.com is the best way to send some details through to us. We put our podcast together on a Wednesday and it gets released to you on 
a Thursday. So we do need things in by the close of business on Tuesday, just to make sure that we are able to give you some opportunity here on the podcast. So we're back next week, right? Uh, Craig Walker will be one of our guests. He doesn't know it yet, but he will be. And so too will Michelle Harris to talk about the WA State Country Teams. Also, we'll be touching base with some organisations who are celebrating some big milestones as well. It's a big week for footy. Going to shout out to the Great Northern Footy League. They've got a very special Indigenous round that is happening this weekend as well. Uh, Apologies for not perhaps giving that a little bit more time on today's podcast, but we hope to do that for you next week. The WA Country Footy League podcast. That's a wrap for week one. Don't forget to ensure that you get it each week. Subscribe via your platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify. We're on iHeartRadio. We're on all sorts of different places. Google. Um, Just look for the WA Country Footy League podcast. Thanks again to the support from the WA Country Footy League and also to Nutrient Ag Solutions, Steve Wright, our sponsor guest today. Also joining him was John Shadbolt from the WA Country Footy League, Kane Benson with a wrap of the North, Brent Sheridan with a wrap of the South, Michelle Harris, the coach of the Bunbury Football Club, Terence Winner from the Boulder City Football Club, doesn't look a day over 125, and also Royce Taylor from the Ongarup Football Association. A first big week, we're back again, we'll release an episode about every Thursday lunchtime, that's when you can catch up on all the news happening in the WA Country Footy League. The WA Country Footy Podcast is produced by Industry Link Media. 